Today, my dear faithful, is the fourth Sunday of Lent. Now the epistle is taken from St. Paul's Epistle to the Galatians, chapter 4. Brethren, it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise, which things are said by an allegory. For these are the two testaments, the one for Mount Sinai, engendering unto bondage, which is Agar. For a Sinai is a mountain in Arabia, which hath affinity to that Jerusalem which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But that Jerusalem which is above is free, which is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For many are the children of the desolate, more than of her that hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born according to the flesh persecuted him that was after the Spirit, so also it is now. But what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not the children of the bondwoman, but of the free, by the freedom wherewith Christ hath made us free. And the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 6. At that time, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is that of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Jesus, therefore, went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Pasch, the festival day of the Jews, was near at hand. When Jesus, therefore, had lifted up his eyes, and seen that a very great multitude cometh to him, he said to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to try him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, saith to him, There is a boy here that hath five barley loaves and two fishes, but what are these among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. The men therefore sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to them that were sat down, in like manner also of the fishes as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, lest they be lost. They gathered up therefore and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above to them that had eaten. Now those men, when they had seen what a miracle Jesus had done, said, This is of a truth, the prophet that is to come into the world. Jesus, therefore, when he knew that they would come to take him by force and make him king, fled again into the mountain himself alone. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Jesus, therefore, when he knew that they would come to take him by force and make him king, fled again into the mountain himself alone. <clears throat> words, <coughs> words taken from the gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <clears throat> today's gospel, my dear faithful, 
The gospel of the multiplication of the loaves is a rather unique one. Unique because it has such an unexpected ending. It begins with a great multitude. In fact, the other gospels tell us this multitude was 5,000 men, not including women and children. This great multitude was following our Lord. For most of the day, this massive crowd of people had listened to Christ. They were so taken up in admiration with him that they had even forgotten about food. But then as evening drew near, our Lord saw their need and took care of everything for them. He took five loaves of bread and multiplied them for the people, had the apostles distribute that bread and then collect what remained. They filled twelve baskets with the remaining fragments from the original five loaves. This vast multitude then realized what had just taken place. Seeing this incredible miracle, they rushed to Christ and cried out for Jesus to be their king. And that was when, after having spent the entire day with them, working this great miracle for them, and now receiving glory for it, Christ fled from the people. Right when he seemed to have made a great triumph, he hid in the mountains. The people proclaimed Christ king, but our Lord rejected this honor. Yet this is exactly what our Lord is to us, our king. We call him the king of kings. We follow and obey his laws as his subjects. In fact, every time we pray the Our Father, we treat God as our King, for we pray, Thy kingdom come. Why then did our Savior reject this title from the Jews? The difference is in what kind of king the Jews wanted our Lord to be. These people sought out an earthly king, a king who would overthrow the Roman Empire, free Israel, and conquer the entire world. The king they desired would rule the earth and provide his followers with a great bounty of earthly riches. Our Savior rejected this material kingship, for he is king in such a higher way. He is a heavenly king, as he himself said before Pilate, right during his passion, my kingdom is not of this world. It was for the sake of this heavenly kingship that the Cristero Revolution occurred in Mexico less than a century ago. You see, the Cristero's Revolution was a Catholic uprising against the anti-Catholic persecution of the Freemasonic government of Mexico. Among many of the acts of persecution, the Mexican government forced most of the priests to leave the country, closed Catholic schools, and threatened punishments, even death, to those who disobeyed these anti-Catholic laws. The Catholics rose up in arms against these outrages and took the name Cristero, meaning Soldier of Christ. And for their battle cry, they would cry out, Viva Cristo Rey, that is, long live Christ the King. 
One of the most famous of their soldiers was a mere boy, Jose Sancho de Rio. Jose he joined the Cristeros at the age of 13 after pleading with his mother for permission. For the next year, he served in the army of the Cristeros, helping in any way he could to further the cause of Christ the King. So well and courageously did Jose work that the general made him the standard bearer as well as the bugler for the army. As standard bearer, he led the army into battle, and as a bugler, he gave the army the general's commands. However, during one battle, the general was seriously wounded. Jose then gave the general his own horse, and then without a horse, Jose was easily captured by the anti-Catholic soldiers. For the next four days, the young boy Jose was questioned, bribed, and threatened in order to break him and make him betray the Cristeros. But Jose was unbreakable. And so then began the torture. The soldiers strapped Jose to a table and carved the skin from his feet. At each stroke of the blade, though, Jose would cry out the battle cry of the Cristeros, Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. His torturers saw that they had failed, and so then Jose was led to his death. The government soldiers forced him to walk, to walk on his feet, which were now barren of skin. With bloody footsteps, he steadfastly walked to the cemetery. There the soldiers stood him in front of a freshly dug hole in the ground. Finally, they shot this young boy and let him fall into his grave. At the age of 14, Jose Sanchez courageously gave his life for Christ the King. His dying words, as in life, were the Cristero battle cry, Viva Cristo Rey. Jose, my dear faithful, young as he was, he was not one that was looking for earthly rewards. All that mattered to him was his love for God Almighty. Nothing else was important except the service of Christ the King, and this should be our guiding principle as well. You see, my dear faithful, Jesus Christ is truly our King, and he is so for three reasons. First, he is king because he is God Almighty. As the supreme and infinite being, he deserves supreme and infinite honor. The infinite excellence of God deserves the homage of adoration, just as kings do deserve homage from their subjects. Second, Christ is king because he is the creator of the universe. By an act of his will, he brought into existence all creation, and thus all creation must be subject to his will. Just as his almighty will commanded all things to exist, so his almighty will has the right to continue to command all things. 
Finally, as the Redeemer, Christ is the King of mankind in a very special way. Because by the conquest of the cross, He won our souls by shedding His most precious blood. Our Lord paid the price of our souls and delivered us from the devil's dominion, and He calls us into His kingdom as His subjects. Thus, Jesus Christ is the King of kings, as the infinite God, as Creator, and as Redeemer. He holds sway over every aspect of man's life. He rules over the individual, the family, and society. His law must be the law of the land and the law of our hearts. And his law, very simply, forbids sin and commands virtue. And our Lord has shown us exactly how to obey his laws, for he himself lived his life by them. Perfectly sinless, he practiced every virtue to perfection. Nothing else mattered to him but the following of the laws of God Almighty. And that is why he accepted the sufferings of life, the cross, and even death itself, because all these sufferings were nothing compared to obeying the law of God. He taught us that we must live our lives in accordance with the precepts of God. In our life, we are to follow the footsteps of Christ, even unto Calvary, as the Cristeros, and especially Jose Sanchez did. Viva Cristo Rey was Jose's battle cry in his work, in his play, in his life, and in his death. Let Christ reign in me and in my country was his prayer. Nothing else mattered to him than that he lived and died in the ranks of Christ. And we know this for certain, for when Jose was first captured and imprisoned, he wrote this letter to his mother. I was taken prisoner in combat today. I believe that I am going to die very shortly but it does not matter, Mama. Resign yourself to the will of God. I die happy because I die in the ranks of Christ. This 14-year-old boy gladly gave his life for Christ his King, and he knew that in return, our Lord would give a kingly reward to his devoted soldier. For our King does not promise the passing earthly things that are here one moment and gone the next. He promises the eternal, everlasting, unending joys of heaven to his followers. What a truly kingly reward this is. For the brief time we serve our Lord here on earth, we are given an eternity of peace and joy in heaven. Yes, to give our time like this can be a great sacrifice, but what is that compared to an eternity of unending happiness without any shadow of sadness or pain? This is what Christ the King longs to give and what alone he seeks to give.
To our Lord, nothing else matters than that you save your soul. And my dear faithful, that should be all that matters to us as well. Yes, we do need the material things of the world to live, but the purpose of our lives is to follow Christ. And so, my dear faithful, I encourage you to really resolve to live the laws of God, especially in these last weeks of Lent, for Lent is already half over. We have only three weeks left, and as we approach the holiest week of the year, really resolve to follow our King, especially by turning away from the near occasions of sin. When preparing for confession, think, is there a particular occasion that has led me into sin? Is there some particular person, place, or thing that is behind the sins I've committed? And then turn away from that proximate occasion. Follow Christ, your King. Let the battle cry of the Cristero sound in your hearts. Viva Cristo Rey. Long live Christ the King. May he live in your hearts and reign in your actions so that one day, please God, you will reign with him for all eternity in the bliss of the kingdom of heaven. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.